Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Hello and welcome back to Believe in South Carolina on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Nick Kloss. Joining me again today is Braden Malloy as we talk about the game this past weekend versus Vanderbilt. South Carolina won 21 to 20, trailing in the fourth quarter. Game-winning drive led by Zeb Noland after entering the game for Luke Doty. South Carolina was up 14 to 3 in the first quarter, just was never able to put the Commodores away. Before we get into that, let's go over our picks from last week. We picked every game from the SEC slate, Braden and I. Um, and starting it off, South Carolina versus Vandy. Um, I'd say we were way off with this one. Yeah, um, the over, well, the uh, Carolina was getting 18 and a half points. Uh, they won by one, but we both took the points. So, and then over under was 51. I got it there. I said they'd hit the under. You said they hit the over. They were close. Um, but then our score predictions, however, I had them winning 41 to six, and you had them winning 48 to 10. Yeah. Just overall, that was upsetting. <laughs> I mean, I don't think really, I mean, you look at every prediction from any betting site, any I, I, experts on CBS, Fox, anything, anyone predicting college football. That was not how that was meant to go, and that kind of just shows the struggles that South Carolina has gone through this year, but we'll get into that more. That's going to be a majority of the show right now. We're just going to quickly go through these picks. Um, Arkansas versus Auburn. Auburn actually covered. I got that pick right. Um, Braden did get the overcorrect, though. I did not call the under. Then next up, we got Florida versus LSU, and that one was just wrong. Yeah, uh, we both picked Florida, so just outright there we're wrong. Uh, we both took them to cover the 10 points. No. We both took the under, not even close, the under 59. They scored a grand total of 91. And, yeah, that all in all uh, – I was covering the Carolina game for ABC when I got by the time I got to the press box, uh, LSU was already up 21 to six on Florida. And I said, Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, and then they kind of just kept scoring and Florida got its third loss of the season already. Yeah, that one was shocking. And, uh, for some backstory, Braden reports, uh, for ABC Columbia doing high school football and college football on Fridays and Saturdays. So he's always around the games. That's kind of where his, uh, expert analysis comes in for us. Uh, um, and then me, I'm a play-by-play broadcaster on the side while we both are students here. So I was actually at the game with my parents for SC Vandy. 
that was painful. Um, but next up, Texas AM versus Missouri. Braden um, hit the under. I did not get a pick. Um, I did not put in a pick in for this game. So, uh, Braden, what else did you have here? Well, I had AM winning 42 to 10. It was 35 14. So, not too far off there. Uh, I did hit the under, though. I knew Missouri wasn't going to score points. And I felt AM's offense might, might be riding. They coming off their high after the Bama win and not, not score as many points as uh, some people expected. Now the other team that has uh, Braden's heart and we'll probably get into a little bit more because he probably won't shut up about it. <laughs> um, Kentucky against UGA. Uh, UGA, we had UGA to cover and they didn't? Yeah, so they were up 23, which covered. Uh, they were up 23 with three seconds to go. Kentucky put an 11-play, like, nine-minute drive together in the fourth quarter. So they weren't even trying to score points to make the game competitive. They were just driving down the ball. And with three seconds left, Kentucky coach Mark Stoops calls a timeout at the three-yard line. Instead of letting the time run out and game just end, he calls a timeout to set up a play to score a touchdown to make it 30-13 to 13 for whatever reason that helps. I don't know. So it ended up blowing the cover. Yeah. And blowing the over. I was going to say, didn't you miss the, the – you, you had the over, um, which was 44, correct? Correct. They scored 43. They scored 43 points. So uh, very close, but not not quite there. But UGA is still showing that they are the best team in the SEC and uh, the best team in the nation and a clear number one. They received now the, all 65 votes for first place in the AP poll this week. Which is right, rightfully so, 100%. And then you see Iowa falling down after the Boilermakers take them down. They entered the top 25. So now Purdue, top 25 in both basketball and football, all-around <laughs> good sports school now. Um, and then the former number one team in the nation, Alabama, taking on Mississippi State. Um, Braden had the over. That hit for him. And I was the closest on the score prediction. Yeah, this kind of easy game. I mean, we knew Saban coming off a loss just obliterates teams. Uh, we knew the day and M game was probably a little flukish. Uh, Bama was getting 12 points. I mean, if you get 12 points to Bama, they're going to cover that eight times out of 10. Um, I did hit the over by one. Over was 57 and a half, and they scored 58. So good job there. Uh, but you said it was going to be 44 to seven. It was 49 to nine. So not bad. No, not, not bad at all. Pretty close. And then lastly, we have Ole Miss Tennessee, that crazy game with Tennessee getting now fined. Yeah. $250,000 for uh, throwing stuff on the field. Um, fun fact there, $250,000 is the same fine you get for rushing the field. So uh, kind of the general punishment there, it's not really going to stop anything from happening. Tennessee, probably a little embarrassed by that, but Lane Kiffin having a whole lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, he got a golf ball, um, caught Odell the water bottle while leaving. And, and, threw, his visor in the and threw his visor. I mean, uh, Lane Kiffin really won in the end. He had a great homecoming. Yeah, he really did. And uh we had the over, wasn't even close. Well, Braden had the over, was not even close. 
I took the under um, that hit, but I had Tennessee to win. Braden had Ole Miss. So we we split that game pretty much even. I will say, did you score predict that one? Yeah, I had 51 to 45. Okay, so you had a close game. 31-26. You had a close game. Okay, I was going to say, like, give credit to Tennessee. They did keep it close, but we both thought thought it was going to be a close one. All right. Well, right now, Braden is four and three on over under since we started this for this week. He's five and two on pickums. Me, I only picked six of the seven games. Um, I'm four and two. So we'll continue that on Thursday as so we what do. What I'm the- hearing is listen to us for game picks, maybe not score predictions and over unders. <laughs> Money line only. <laughs> Money line only. And do not parlay it. <laughs> Please don't. Do not parlay it ever in the world. All right. So now, uh, so now to get into, you know, what we're here to talk about, that's South Carolina, the Gamecocks week, uh, their disappointing win against Vanderbilt. And that's the only way I can really say it uh, because, you know, a win's a win, and that's what Beamer's been preaching. Um, like, you should always be proud of the win, and he wants his boys to celebrate. But and I and I think that's okay, and I'm glad. I hope they are celebrating. I hope they feel good about it, because um, winning is fun. But like at the same time, as a fan, as a football fan, as someone who knows anything about college football, we just beat Vanderbilt by one point on a last minute touchdown. That's all you have to say. Yeah, and the frustrating thing is it's. It's still the the mistakes on offense that is that's killing us. Doty had two hundred plus yards and two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter, and that should be good enough for you to beat Vandy because your run game should produce while playing Vandy as well there too. Like you should be able to throw for two touchdowns, run for two or three, and have a balanced attack. So he played well. It's just dropped passes fumbles from receivers who actually caught passes, holding penalties. They got a couple plays called back. And Doty had two horrific interceptions in the fourth quarter. Just like, I don't understand how seven, seven games in now we're still just committing, uh, committing these, these just dumb mistakes on offense. And that's just why we can't get anything going. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of mistakes. The offense just was not clicking still, just disappointing overall. Satterfield, in my opinion, is coming into a lot of question, is coming under fire a lot because he is not getting this offense going. Um, you mentioned the run game. I mean, I said it in the Vandy uh, <laughs> preview last week. I expected this to be a game where our run game like came out and really showed what they can do. We put up 117 yards total uh, on the ground zero rushing touchdowns on a team that generally gives up way more rushing yards a game. They give up over 450 yards total a game. We had around 430. So we were not able to take advantage of even a, one of the weakest defenses in the SEC, which was really disappointing. Zaquandre White getting a majority of the reps, 12 carry, 65 yards, Long of 28, Harris getting six carries, 
35 yards. Lloyd getting six carries, 25 yards. Um, McDowell was not available for this game. But once again, South Carolina's run game, non-existent. Yeah, it's just not there. Um, No holes are being opened up. And when holes do get opened up, we have running backs who – trip and fall or they just they're not hitting hitting the the holes with any speed or conviction or confidence really um i think we lack so much confidence in the in the run game um and like i said so i mean we mentioned the first two drives great go down score next next drive Doty throws the 82 yard touchdown pass to bell 14-3 easy vanderbilt then held our offense scoreless for the next 49 and a half minutes. And they're only 60 minutes in a game. And we were held scoreless by Vanderbilt for 49 of them. That you that can't happen. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And I mean, you just mentioned South Carolina went up 14 to three in the first quarter, worked down the field on that first drive, two yard pass to Nick Muse, um, make it seven nothing. And then Drive number two, 82-yard long ball from Doty to Jaheim Bell. Go up 14-3. Bell showing the stiff arm. Honestly, like, didn't know if that one would be a touchdown watching it live. And then he shows that stiff arm, gets into the end zone. At that moment, I'm sitting there as a fan. I'm there. I'm right there in the stadium. My mom and dad, brother, all watching their first SEC football game. And I'm like, all right, fantastic. We're playing the way we should against Vandy. We're going to run up this score. To see in the third quarter, it's 17-14. Like, those two touchdowns I saw in the first, what, half of the first quarter are still the only two we could score? Like, that was just unbelievable. I mean, you were hearing boos at Willie B directed towards the offense as they just struggled to put any points on the board. We got all the way down at one point onto the one or two uh, yard line, stuffed on fourth down, would get into field goal range. Parker White could easily put some points on the board for us, like trust in his foot, try and trust in our offense. That's not going to work. So, I mean, just disappointing overall. On some bright notes, we'll turn it around before we get to the defense. South Carolina did hit the three and a half season win total. So uh, they got four. They hit the over on that. If you bet the over, smart move because uh, everyone was doubting South Carolina, which I don't know, debatably rightfully so, but at the same time, we still hit four, so suck it. But um, just to get some positive things about uh, that game is obviously Zeb Noland, otherwise known as Zebula Noland, as he's known on Twitter. Colonel Zebulon Mullins, I may say. Uh, need to put the respect on his name. That's right. Um, but the graduate assistant, formerly of Iowa State and North Dakota State University, came in on that last drive, led a 75-yard touchdown drive to tie the game. Um, Nine-yard TD to, to Xavier Leggett. But, I mean, it's against Vandy. <laughs> you made it, like, painful to watch. You were like, I remember watching it, like cheering him on, but at the same time saying, why the heck are we in this situation? Um, yeah. But, I mean, no matter what, 
a last uh, a two minute drill drive to win the game, getting that touchdown. Uh, I mean, that was impressive. Regardless, someone as someone who really counted out Zeb Noland, I hoped he never touched the field again after watching him against East Carolina. But I was impressed, and uh, I don't know. I was I was happy with um, with what he was able to do in that one drive. Well, first thing, you bring in your parents and your siblings to the South Carolina Vandy game as their first SEC game should be uh, charged with cruel and unusual punishment. Um, I'll get that out of the way right now. Well, but if it would have been a blowout, it would have been completely fine. Just the matchup you brought them to. But anyway. I um, wanted them to see a South Carolina win. You can't really guarantee that nowadays. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, but no, yeah, it was uh, – I mean, you could hear cheer. You could hear the uh, the chants for Zeb after Doty threw uh, his – after he threw the first pick, honestly. Um, and then that second pick, they just got louder. And here's what I noticed when Zeb came in for Doty on that last drive. Beamer says Doty's foot's still not 100% and he kind of re-injured it. And that may be true, but it's also if you don't put Zeb in there at some point, you might get your head chopped off walking out of the stadium. Um, but this is what I noticed. Satterfield didn't change the play calling. Satterfield was calling the same plays he was calling for Doty the whole year, the whole game. He called the same ones for Nolan. The difference that I noticed between Nolan and Doty is how much more calm Nolan is in the pocket and how much more on time he is with his throws. Because they were the same plays that Doty was getting. Doty was just either late or early on the throws. Zeb was hitting the guys when they were in the holes. Like, our receivers were finding holes throughout the game. Doty just wasn't hitting them on time. And then you bring Zeb in, who is a veteran quarterback and has played for five years or whatever in high-powered systems – He's able to hit those receivers on times in their holes, and that's what allowed the defense to run down the field So, or the offense to go down the field. So it wasn't that Satterfield changed his play calling for Zeb or, oh, why didn't he call like this for Doty? It was, he was calling it for Doty, just Doty couldn't hit them when they were open in the holes, and Zeb could. Um, I also kind of noticed that our uh, O-line likes to block a little better with Zeb in there. Our uh, receivers like to catch a couple more passes with Zeb in there. So I don't know, really. That just could be a coincidence. Um, but that was just an interesting thing that I saw that Nolan had all the time in the world to throw. Doty barely had any. Uh, every All four receivers that caught a pass caught them. Doty had saw a couple drops, so that was just an interesting uh, little thing I picked up on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember hearing about a quote from Zeb saying that he basically just went in and said, like, if you keep me up, I'm going to get us there. So uh, hats off to the offensive line finally <laughs> remotely doing their jobs. Good job, guys. And then, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think just we played better with Zeb running the team. And I think he was calm. I think that shows his kind of veteran, um, his veteran mentality in there because, uh, you know, he wasn't expecting ever to have to do that again. 
Um, in the press conference, he said, I, he said, I thought I'd never have to put pads on again. I wasn't sure I'd ever get this opportunity again. So, uh, Jaheim Bell also said, shout out to Zeb. He's the goat. So sounds like the teams behind him, behind him, he will be the starter against Texas A&M. Um, but we'll talk about that more. Doty, I mean, threw 242 yards, which is close to his career total. It was 255. So, I mean, besides those two picks, I had a solid game. I mean, but he said to be iffy, apparently re-injured his right ankle, like you said. Um, I don't know how true that is, if, like, maybe what's going I, on with that. I think it – I mean, I'm sure it's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure. sure they're not lying about it. I'm just saying, like – Here's the thing. It was kind of convenient. He probably should have never started the Georgia game. He was not a hundred percent. They should Zeb had done the first two games at that point. They should have just kept Zeb in there. Well, not, Zeb injured but, his finger. Zeb started that game. He injured his finger. Oh yeah, true. So they agree with you. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean, I'm sure he. I I don't think Doty's ever been a hundred percent. And no, because every yeah, week, every week they've been saying like. Like we've we've talked about it, he got more mobile. He he'd been getting more mobile. That's because the ankle was getting back there. I don't think it was ever fully there yet, but he was right. it was good enough to play. But he, I mean, like we said, he was playing in the pocket a lot, which with our offensive line is hard to do. Yeah, and but I think it's a little bit of both. I think it was hurt, and I think it was it's a good thing to use to make the switch at quarterback. I mean, it kind of goes back to the. Bentley Helensky thing. Like, how do you sit Bentley? Well, they took Bentley's leg injury that may have not been as severe as they said it was and said, Oh, Bentley's hurt. We'll throw Helensky in there. I think it's kind of the same situation here. Doty's hurt. We'll just put no one back in there. Yeah. And I think it's a good call. So uh, we'll talk more about that on Thursday when we uh, go over previewing the Texas A&M game. Um, but uh, on the other side of the ball, I mean, defense wasn't amazing. They weren't – I mean, they allowed – so Vandy had not scored a touchdown against a SEC opponent this year. We were the first one. We were the first SEC team to allow them to score a point. With that field goal in the first quarter, we were the first SEC team to allow them to score any points this year. Here's the thing. I personally, I think the defense played better this game than they had since week two. Like, I think this is not quite on par with weeks one and two, but after those, I'd put this performance. And I say this because they kept us in the game. They held Vandy, I say this laughing, they held Vandy to 20 points. But Vandy could have scored a lot more, honestly, to be honest. I was going to say, give credit where credit's due. I mean, Mike Mike Wright, the backup that played this game. He was running all over the field and completing passes. Solid, solid quarterback. Like, like Vandy actually might have a co- quarterback controversy. Um but Vandy 
with the field position we gave him off of turnovers, whether it was interception fumbles or turnover on downs or whatever, and the amount of snaps that the defense had to be out there, I think they did a very good job keeping Vandy only at 20 because this honestly could have been a 35-21 game Vandy wins. Like we win because of Zeb Nolan, but we also win because of our defense. They forced three fumbles, another interception. So that's four more turnovers added to their total, which they've been doing. They had seven tackles for losses. So I just I think they played a much better game than they had the past two three weeks, and I think they should be in that game MVP conversation just like Nolan. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some some. Uh... Highlights for the Carolina defense. Uh, they did cause three fumbles, as you said, for the second time this season. Um, had an interception uh, in the second quarter. Zach Pickens recorded a sack for his third straight game. Um, season high, seven tackles for him, which was one shy of his career high. And then Cam Smith forced his first career fumble in the fourth quarter. The thing is, they did that did happen, and... This is giving credit to Vandy. I mean, the thing is a lot, a lot of it is in the college football world is Vandy just put up 20 points on you and you only beat them by one, which yes, I'm not going to lie. It feels like a loss. Well, Will Shepard wide receiver for Vanderbilt had three receptions for 120 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, and then like we, like we said, um, while you were talking a second ago, like Mike Wright was running all over the place, 11 for 21, 206 yards, a touchdown, th- did throw one interception, also 15 carries, 41 yards. And this was his first start. Like he's, he's Ken Seals' backup, but Seals got hurt during the week, and so he made his first start, and he, he looked good. He made everything of that start. So, I mean, credit to Vandy, and I agree that it could have been worse. Sadly, it could have. And like we could be talking about a loss at the moment if our defense played like they played. Oh, I, I was I was sitting there like, wow, we're gonna have a lot to talk about, or we're just gonna sit there in silence and sulk. If yeah. we, had, I don't, I don't even know what to say if we have lost that game. If we came very close, but I mean, I get, I guess in a way, great game. I honestly think that was a pretty boring football game until the yeah, last two minutes. Yeah, like I said, one team was held scoreless for 49 out of 60 minutes. Another um, team, I mean, scored 10 in the first half and then one touchdown in the third quarter. It was a lot of turnover on downs, punts, and turnovers. Uh, Kai Kroger, our punter, won special team if your punter – look, it's great to win awards, but when you have your punter winning special teams player of the week, you didn't do something right that week on offense if your punter's getting that many snaps and can affect the game that much. Yeah. Definitely a problem there. Kroger also getting a career-long punt of 70 yards in the second. Um Averaging fifty eight, averaging fifty six point eight, uh, which is a career best. So, uh, special teams once again highlight for. Uh, well, Parker White missed a field goal. Yeah, I forgot about that. And I'll say shout out to uh, my boy Michael Sauls, writer for uh, Daily Gamecock and uh, Gamecock Central. 
he called it before the game. I was talking to him in the press box, and we were talking. And we had both made predictions. I want I did it on here, and he did it in his uh, Gamecock Central column. And we both had Carolina winning pretty big. He had like 35-10. I had the 41, 41-6. But then as we were kind of talking before the game, I looked at him and said, you know, this could very well be a fourth quarter game and Carolina wins 21-17. I looked at him and said that and then left to go shoot the game. And lo and behold, that's basically how the game went. But he did – he said, I'll give you a hot take real quick. He looked at me and said, Parker White misses a field goal today. I said, really? He said, yeah, I'm calling it here. Parker White misses one. And as I watched him line up and miss it, Michael added me on Twitter. He said, hey, I told you, man. Good call by him. I don't think anyone – definitely I wouldn't have expected that. We'll have to get Michael on here, give his <laughs> predictions uh, when we do some pick But, I mean, he did miss a field goal, but White also now has 331 career points, moving him into second all-time, passing Colin Mackle, who had 330. So, overall, wrapping things up, I mean, disappointing game from South Carolina – just a boring game overall. It was really just two bad football teams going at it. Um, and like Beamer said right after the game, I mean, he was ecstatic. He was with his family. He was having a lot of fun with it. But he did say, we did everything in our power to lose this football game. And yeah. they did. They did everything they could to lose that game. And that just, show, in my opinion, that shows how much better of a team South Carolina is than Vandy and how they didn't play that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, the game doesn't provide me great confidence in the team, but the fact that that's how we played and we still were able to find a way to win, it's a, it's a little more palatable of a win, which find sounds a, say a win is palatable. Find a way to win has been said way too much for the South Carolina this season. I feel like every time – they get a win, it's, oh, they found a way to win that one, but we'll figure it out um, on Thursday. That is all we have today on Believe in South Carolina here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thursday, we will preview the Gamecocks' upcoming game at Texas A&M. The Aggies coming, off of station, their, baby. Aggies coming off of their win against Missouri this past weekend and then against number one-ranked Alabama two weeks ago. So thank you for listening. Until next time, Gamecock fans, forever to thee. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.